And now, it's time for Mr. College Football and Friends with Tony Barnhart. Greetings and welcome back to Mr. CFB and Friends. I am your host, Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football, and we're getting ready for the third Saturday in October. Before we get started, as always, we want to thank our sponsor, APBA Games, APBA Games, the unquestioned king of quality simulation products, and you'll find them at APBA.com. Okay, let's bring on the guys. Now, we're this week, we're missing Tom Lucci. You'll recall that Mr. Lucci was on with us last week from Rome, Italy, which was really cool, uh, but his schedule will not allow him to do it tonight. He's headed his way back uh, to the United States uh, tomorrow. So we will bring Mr. Lucci back next week, and we will look forward to that. What did we learn, guys? What What did we learn from week six? We're halfway done. I mean, that's the first thing you learn. We're halfway done, and how, how in the hell did that happen? But here we are. We just got started. But let's start with you, Mark Blauschen. What did, what did a Jersey guy learn last weekend? Well, as usual, it's what I didn't learn, and, and we'll talk about it later in, 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 the, in the podcast, but what is going on in Oklahoma? I yep. mean, the team I saw play Nebraska and take apart, you know, not a great uh, – but a decent Nebraska team. You know, they're, they're competitive. Uh, a couple of weeks ago in, in Lincoln, 49 nothing, and, you know, and, and 84 to 7 in the last two weeks. What is going on in Norman? That, that's, that's the thing that surprised me the most. Herb Gould, the gold standard. What did you learn? What did you learn, buddy? Well, you know, I, I think that, you know, the uh, Notre Dame can soldier on here. You know, they're, they're out of the hunt for the big prizes because they got two losses. But that was a pretty good win against BYU. And, uh, you know, they got a you know, couple of uh, pretty much tune-up games, the next, next couple, Stanford, UNLV, but uh, even Syracuse probably. You know, let's see what they can do. You know, I mean, I think that the important thing is that with a first-year coach and a young quarterback, uh, they've done a nice job of bouncing back after that 0-2 start, and, and they can kind of settle in and let um, the new coach build the program, even though they're not going to be any kind of a playoff team this year. Well, I tell you what I learned. I learned that Alabama is just not the Alabama they're supposed to be. I mean, they yeah, they won the game. Texas A&M gets down to the two-yard line, almost wins the game, but Alabama wins the game. But they keep making all these dumb, unsaban-like mistakes, uh, motion penalties, missed a, missed a bunch of field goals, all this kind of stuff. It Thus far, Alabama has not had to pay a price for it. They found a way to win these games. But as you go, as we, we'll talk about this as the show goes along, as they get ready to go to Tennessee, one of the hottest teams in college football, I just wonder if that vulnerability is going to eventually uh, catch up with them. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Now, let's go to our hot topics. I want to go back. These Blau, you raised the issue about Oklahoma. How it's one thing to say 49 to nothing to Texas. Okay, I, I get that. But, but listen, guys, listen to these numbers. Last three games for the Oklahoma Sooner defense have given up 1,745 yards. That's almost 600 yards a game. And they've given up 145 points, almost 48 per game. Blau, is it fair to say the honeymoon is over for Brett Venables? 
honeymoon is over. I mean, I mean, you know, if he has to leave town before the before Thanksgiving and keeps up like that, then I mean, they're they're not following about many things uh, in in terms of football out there. But I, I mean, I understand if, if they if they play games and lose close games, but the way they lost is what stuns me. Where where did what happened? I mean, I I I. I, there was no major injuries that I saw. No major. I mean, something's going on in, in that locker room that is baffling to me. And 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 uh, you know, dig deeper. And I I'm not quite sure where it's going to lead, but they better you know get things right pretty quickly, or there's going to be some. Uh, it's going to be a long winter in Norman. Well, we'll be talking about this a little bit later in the show when we do our picks uh, together. But man, that's just that just. Blo- I mean, look, you thought that Brett Venables going to Oklahoma would be like okay. He'll hire some people to run the offense, but you don't have to worry about the defense. Okay, the defense He's is going to be fine. Guy, yeah. Brent, Brent Venables is one of the best defensive coordinators out there, and it's her Herb. It's not that they're playing bad; it's that they're they're just woefully bad, and that that's what it's hard to understand. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some of those score that score against Texas is just going to be that's going to be hard to live down. And I'm just looking at their schedule. You know, they still got you know Bedlam. And, you know, some games in there. I mean, really, you know, Iowa State, Baylor, the way they're playing, you know, every game they got looks tough. Um, You know, we were talking about it earlier about, you know, how can they be a nine-point favorite to Kansas? You know, I mean, the perception is is just not matching up with the reality. And, I, you know, I don't know their personnel closely enough to know how much they lost. I mean, we know that they lost, you know, a big-name quarterback who transferred out. The defensive players transfer out, but yeah, Venables has really got a lot of work to do to, to get that thing righted. Let me touch on this real quickly. We're going to talk about it when we make our picks, but just so that everybody knows as we sit here and work on this show tonight, that Bryce Young is still considered sort of day to day. They kind of hope he's going to play, but guys, I've talked to some people about these shoulder surgeries and it's just like, it, it, they say it's a it's a pain management situation. You you can throw the ball, but it hurts when you throw the ball, and and if and if it keeps hurting, you're not going to put the zip on it. And uh, let's just keep an eye on that. Here's the deal, and I, and I'll bring this up when we discuss it. But I'm just telling you, without Bryce Young, if he can't go the distance, they can't score enough points to win this game. I think I think the winner's going to have at least 35 points in the Alabama uh, Tennessee game. So we'll see. And Bryce Young, the, the, the backup quarterback, did a, did a wonderful job running the ball. We know what he can do. He's just not ready. He's not ready for something like he's going to see in Knoxville on Saturday. Let's talk a minute, guys, about the state of Mississippi. Things are good in the state of Mississippi. The two teams are combined. Mississippi State, Ole Miss, they're combined 11-1. and one. The only loss, Mike Leach. And Mississippi State lost to LSU, and I don't know how in the world that happened, but they they did. Uh, but it's it, just to bring you up to date. Mississippi State's at Kentucky this week. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and um, Ole Miss is home against Auburn, who's absolutely struggling. But just mark your calendar here. Mississippi State is at Alabama on October 22nd. Ole Miss hosts Alabama on November 12th, in case you wondered about those. Now, things are also great in the great state of California. UCLA and USC are both undefeated, guys, undefeated. UCLA beat Utah 
beat them by 10. Did not see that one coming. I, I picked Utah. USC has to go to Utah this week. Blau, let's, let's talk about these two California teams because here's, here's what I want to know. If these teams go in, one of these teams is, I think, is may go undefeated. Right. If that, if it's USC or UCLA, they go through, they win the Pac-12 championship, the 13 and 0. Do they get in over a one-loss SEC or a one-loss Michigan or something like that? Do they? Do they get in? 100% yes. Yep. Because because the committee, for all its flaws. Always looks at undefeated teams with with a you know a, a, a beneficial eye to over teams that have lost one game. Now we can have some some circumstances there. Who'd you beat in that? But if either of those teams is is undefeated, they will have beaten some quality teams along the road, including each other, USC and UCLA, and obviously Utah and, and Oregon. So it's not it's not the schedule. So an undefeated Pac-12 champion is absolutely guaranteed to be in in the Final Four. Well, let's just say for funsies. Let's yes. say, just say for funsies, okay? Yes. The undefeated SEC champion, Georgia or Alabama play in the SEC championship games. Right. Undefeated SEC champion, uh, undefeated Big Ten champion, let's just say it's Ohio State. Uh, undefeated ACC champion in Clemson. One lost Georgia who just lost to Alabama. And what you're telling me, Blauf, I hear what you're saying. You're saying that in that scenario I just drew up, the undefeated Pac-10, 12 champion gets in a Georgia team that lost only one game. And that was to number one, Alabama in the SEC championship when you left out. And you know why, uh, Tony, because, because normally that might be a, a question of debate, but that loss will come in December and there's no time for Georgia, Georgia to recover. And you, and USC and, or UCLA will have been a, will have won a Pac-12 championship the, the day before. So that's the way the, the, the mindset is of those voters is. I mean, I, you can make an argument, but if I, I still think undefeated Trump's one, one loss teams. Oh, you know, you know, that ain't, that ain't going to go over good in my part of the world. Oh, so the as, they, as they say, stay tuned. Okay. All right. Coaching carousel. Let's bring, bring it up. Nobody got fired last week. At least not, not a head coach that I knew of. That means we've got five openings now. Uh, but the dynamic Blau changed. Let me ask Herb about this first. Herb, Matt Rule was let go by the Carolina Panthers. We saw what the guy can do. He re he rebuilt at Temple. He built Baylor up from the ashes and turned it over to Dave Aranda. He's done a tremendous job as a college coach everywhere he goes. Shouldn't Trev Alberts be on a plane today and camping out? Uh, wherever he lives, wherever Matt lives in Charlotte, I guess. I mean, is, isn't that a perfect fit, Matt Rule to Nebraska? Well, yeah. I mean, that's a good one. But, you know, those other guys, uh, the Kansas coach and the Iowa State coach, Leibold and, and Campbell, I think they're still very, very attractive in that job. Um, you know, Matt Rule, I think part of it is you just have to gauge interest. And you also have to look at, you know, when you say perfect fit, we're talking about, you know, X's and O's and recruiting and coaching. But, you know, is he is he a, is he going to be a guy that's going to be comfortable in Nebraska? And I don't know the answers to those questions, but I think that's what what Trev Alberts needs to look at as well. I mean, any of those three guys would be outstanding choices. 
given uh, what's going on at Nebraska. But yeah, Matt Rule, I mean, throw him into the mix. And if he wants to work, you know, he's going to get a good job. All right. Or there's one factor there you got to talk about is, is he's available. The other guys are still coaching, which means they, I mean, no matter what, they're, they're going to be coaches the rest of the season. And as we talked about the last couple of weeks, you have to be ready to go December 1st with your guy in place. Matt Rule is now available. They technically they could they could get that done. He could he could have the job by Halloween and be ready to take over December first, and that's where he has an advantage. I mean, I, and timing is everything now in, in hiring and firing coaches. Well, that that's a great that's a great point, Blau. Totally uh -huh. agree. It's it's going to be just it's going to be fascinating to watch because as Blau says, he Matt Rule now he has a unique situation in the coaching carousel because he doesn't have a job and he is look he is going to be looking for one. All right, guys, again, we're going to talk about Jimbo Fisher. I mean, he gets down to the two-yard line and runs a play. I don't know what that play was. All I know is that he threw it to the short side, and Alabama had all the guys covered. And that's, I, I just don't know that that's the play that you're going to run from the two-yard line uh, with the game on the line. But having said that, gentlemen, I maintain, and I wrote this on TMG, on TFG College Sports, our website, I wrote this on Monday. I think even though he lost the game, Mark Blauschen, Jimbo Fisher bought himself some – he bought, in my opinion, he bought himself the rest of the season because he was saying right after the game, this is what we're capable of, okay, of going to Tuscaloosa and winning. <laughs> and and you tell me if you think I'm wrong, but I think Jimbo Fisher has bought he's, – he's guaranteed his ticket – to be there next season. Um, yeah, I, you're probably right. I mean, you're probably right. And we talked about the $80 million, $90 million it is. But if for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I don't think it's going to happen. For whatever reason, A&M goes down the tube and, and finishes up with two or three wins, I, I think we ought to reshuffle the deck again and look at it again. But, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I just think after what the, what they did, they said, look, okay, we just signed the number one recruiting class in the country. We're going to have another good one. Uh, yeah, you know, we didn't beat Alabama. We were certainly in position to win. And, oh, by the way, did I mention that we beat them last year, okay, on a field goal on the last play of the game. So I think that's what uh, – I think that's how that's going to turn out. But let's see. It's it's all week to week. All right. Uh, you know, guys, I'm, I'm sort of – so I'm sorry that brother Lucci is not here because Rutgers fired its offensive coordinator, Sean Gleason, the Knights, the Scarlet Knights are and three in the big 10. Oh man. They only scored four, only scored 14 against Nebraska last week. Uh, you, I mean, Herb, you tell me is uh, Greg Shiano, is he okay? I mean, you just don't start and three in the league. Yeah, that that's not not good, especially you know. Consider, I mean, I watched that Nebraska game, and I mean they they were up thirteen zip at the half, and you know you would think that that's going to be a game that if they can't get that one, then then the other ones aren't going to be easy. Um, at the same time, you know the bar isn't all that high at Rutgers, and Greg Schiano is a, you know he's the most proven commodity that's ever coached there. You know, he had great success there during his first run. I, I wouldn't get too exercised about, you know, making a change at Rutgers the way we do at other schools. So, yeah, I, I would be surprised if they're going to start looking around away from Greg Schiano just based on, you know, they got to see a little more than that. Right. Well, look, these are the five openings we have 
at the FBS level. Arizona State, Georgia Tech, Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Colorado. Blau, of that list that I just gave you, what's the best job? Um, what's the best job? The best job is, is I mean, you mentioned Wisconsin is the best job. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms, in terms of, of getting long-term immediate success. I mean, they've proven they can, you know, uh, win uh, consistently the last couple of several years. They just think that it changed the leadership. Maybe, maybe they're going to do it, you know, right now. They won easily, you know, against a team from where they who, who they beat. I, I forgot who they beat on Saturday. Some team that was uh, not very good, I don't think. Northwestern. Um, oh, that's, that's, that's to me is the best is the best the best job and the best chance to win early. Um, Arizona State is intriguing to me because it has a lot of potential in, in a Pac-12 without UCLA and USC. So those are the two jobs that would intrigue me most in terms of winning. All right, Herb, take Wisconsin out of the mix, okay? Just take them out of the mix. What's the next best job? Is it Nebraska? Yeah, I mean, I take Wisconsin out of the mix because I really think they want Jim Leonard, the interim defensive coordinator, um, to, to get it done. Yeah, I think you look at it, you say Nebraska, partly because we don't know what's going on, you know, in the Pac-12. I mean, Arizona State, that, you know, that could be a good job, but like, like Blau said, because there's going to be a little bit of vacuum at the top. But the Pac-12 is just such an unknown quantity right now. That yeah, Nebraska is the next best job. But the problem with Nebraska is you got an you got a fan base that has unrealistic expectations, and that's you know they think that they're going to contend for national championships, and that's just like not <laughs> not a thing. You know, so you go there, you, you they really they really think you're going to go run the table, and that's just not happening. So that's a it just that's a tough place. You know, I kind of am intrigued by the Georgia Tech job. You know, I, I've heard people make that case for, you know, like a Deion Sanders come in, light up Atlanta. I mean, you're, you're in that, that, that southeastern country where there's so many good football players and you got a big city like that. You could get them excited. I mean, it wouldn't be easy, but the right guy could really, you know, do crazy stuff there. It's, it's going to be a fascinating discussion depending on what generation you're from. Uh, the older the older generation of the tech folks, I don't think want any part of Deion Sanders. The younger alumni do. They think he would he would do a lot of good there, particularly from a recruiting standpoint. And so that that to me, that's going to be a fascinating hire. Guys, listen, here's where we are as we go to the third Saturday in October. A year ago at this time, there were like 13 undefeated teams after the first six weeks. Now we've got 15. Now what I'm going to do, guys, is I'm going to go through these 15. I'm going to ask a couple of questions, kind of where these teams fit into the grand scheme of things. And I'll I'll start with number one, Alabama. Number one, Alabama has not looked like a number one team, but there they are. There they are. Uh, let Let me ask you what you think. Uh, of Alabama sitting there. It's going to be every poll we're going to look at till, and including the one on November one is going to have Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio state in some order. Would you, would you not agree with that? Blau? Unless there's an upset in Knoxville on, on sure. Saturday. Yeah, of right, course. Obviously. Of course. I mean, everything depends on the quarterback. You mentioned it. I mean, it is, it goes as far as their quarterback can take him. I mean, that's, I mean, he's the difference maker. I mean, uh, I, you're right. I don't think if he's not right, I don't think they win on Saturday, but if he's playing, then I think they do win. 
So those we got those three teams that I think if if everybody's undefeated when we get to November one, they'll be that's the three teams that will be there in some order. Don't know what they will be. Now you're looking at the next group of teams. I like Clemson, Michigan, USC. If US USC, you know, they play Saturday at Utah where they're an underdog for crying out loud. We're we're gonna handicap that game later. But uh, Herb, let's look at Clemson. Michigan, USC are the next three. You like Michigan more than Clemson? Because I like I've got Clemson four in mind. Well, Michigan you know, I, I think that you know Clemson plays. I mean, you take Clemson out of the ACC, and that's almost like playing in a Group of Five league. You know, they're going to run. You know, they're they're they have the best chance to run the table. And given that Michigan and Ohio State are going to play. You know, Clemson certainly, you know, if you're if you're talking about odds to reach the final four, Clemson is going to be there. You know, are they the better team? You know, probably. I mean, Michigan is still a little bit of a work in progress. I think they kind of get a little better every week. And I think they have a big upside, but they got a young quarterback. I mean, you saw that with Stetson Bennett last year. Yeah. You know, a quarterback who developed on the fly, and that's what we're what Michigan's doing with JJ McCarthy. Right. Um so, so yeah, I mean, I, I can see why you like Clemson better. You know, they're, they're in a, they got an easier schedule and they, you know, they've, they've got, you know, they're a little more polished. Michigan's got Penn state at home. We're going to handicap that game in just a little bit. Blau next group of teams, Oklahoma state, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Oklahoma state is, is, you know, they're, they're, they're at TCU, man. There's a lot of good top 25 games this weekend, but of that group, Blau, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, Ole Miss. Who do you, who do you like in that group? Well, uh, that group, I think, where they play, I think Oklahoma State has the best chance to to go undefeated because the rest of the Big Twelve doesn't look like it's uh, got monsters in it, and and Ole Miss and Tennessee, and you know they they we've already mentioned what they've got to go through, so without question, Oklahoma State's got the best chance to survive that group, and and God bless if if, if Mississippi State, uh, Mississippi or Tennessee is is undefeated by by Thanksgiving, that that's a story of the year right there. Well, it, this is going to be fascinating because they're starting to play teams uh, each like Tennessee, Tennessee or Alabama is going to lose this weekend. All right. Penn State is at number five, Michigan, number 10, Penn State. That's an elimination game. TCU and Oklahoma State. That's an uh, elimination game. Syracuse finally comes back among the living. They're playing NC State. They're going to play. Still got to play Clemson. Still got to play Notre Dame. Still got to play Florida State. One little nugget before we leave this section, guys. Two of the undefeated teams left are James Madison and Coastal Carolina. We, we've seen them work. They're great programs. They are both in the Sun Belt East. So if the group of five is going to get a team, it's going to be one of these guys. James Madison and Coastal Carolina in the regular season on November 26th. So we shall see now we don't have the locksmith with us this week he'll uh tom, tom lucci will be back next week but guys i've written down 10 games for us to discuss real quick we're going to breeze through these pretty quickly uh blau let's start here oklahoma uh, explain this blau because i'm not smart enough oklahoma got beat 49 to nothing last week by texas i'm, I'm correct on that right yes so how do you go from getting beat 49 to nothing to playing Kansas at home and giving nine? How exactly does that work? 
Very simple. Who should tell you without question? None of none of the the, the Vegas guys know who they think is going to win, but none of the betters trust Kansas. They they, they think Kansas the bubble is going to burst with Kansas. They think Oklahoma is going to be Oklahoma again, and that's why they're they're, they're the favorite. I mean, I, there's I bet you there's almost very little money coming in on Kansas. I would be I would be yeah. hesitant. From what I've seen on the field, I would take Kansas every week, but but I'd be hesitant to to put money on Kansas right now because I don't know what's going to happen, and and Oklahoma is such a mystery. That's not. I mean, is it is it the, the Oklahoma versus Texas or the Oklahoma versus Nebraska? Which of those teams are going to show up? I don't know. All right, Herb. Michigan. Michigan given seven against Penn State. Michigan's at home. Uh, what do you think about that one? I, I like what Michigan's been doing, and I, you know, I, I think they're the team. I mean, I, I seven sounds like a lot. I mean, the big question I have, and I mentioned it a little a moment ago, is. You know, J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback, is is showing all the upside you want to see, but he is young, and if Penn State schemes him and he confuses him into a turnover or two at the wrong time, you know, that could tip the balance. But but I like Michigan, and, and you know, seven's a little more than I'd like to give, but I don't like to get hung up on on points. You, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of you take the team that you think is going to win, and I, I like Michigan for that. All right, let's keep let's keep it in the Big Ten real quick. Herb, come back to you on this. Illinois getting six and a half against Minnesota. Illinois you know, Illinois played well at times. Okay. Yeah, they they really have, and you know what? I I would be all over Illinois on this one because they you know they've got a really good defense. Their defensive coordinator uh, Ryan Walter is going to be he's going to probably get a job this year if he wants one. Their offensive coordinator also very good. You know, the one question mark is, uh, you know, their quarterback, DeVito, left with an injury last week. And Art Sitkowski, uh, you know, he, he's, he's just a, a gritty guy, not real talented. But I like Illinois in this because they are really, you know, they have a really good running game. They got a really good defense. Um, you know, I think they're at home, if I'm not mistaken. And. Yeah, getting a touchdown, I'm all over Illinois on that one. I I would think that game should be more like a two-point game than a, a six-and-a-half. All right, Alabama versus Tennessee in Knoxville. Biggest game they've played in Knoxville, they believe, since uh, 1998 when they won the national championship. Alabama giving seven-and-a-half points. I learned this from Blau. When in doubt, go for the over and under. The, the over-under is 65 and a half points. I'm taking the under, all right? I'm Whoa. taking the under. I'm okay. taking the under because I'm telling you, the Alabama defense is going to have something cooked up. They're going to play well. Oklahoma State getting four at TCU. Oklahoma State, TCU, Blau. This is an elimination game. Do you like Oklahoma State getting the four? Do you like TCU at home? I, I like Oklahoma State. I, I think they got, they're got tougher. TCU, I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm on TCU. But I would take Oklahoma State on that one. All right. Clemson giving three and a half at Florida State. Clemson has already beaten Wake Forest. They've already beaten NC State. I don't, I, I don't think this is close, guys. I really don't. I think Clemson's going to run right over these guys. Three and a half, that'll be covered very easily. All right, Blau. Utah giving three and a half at home to USC. Utah is favored over USC. Are the Trojans going to get their first loss here? You know, I, I would say I would say yes, except I, I when I've seen 
and Utah's two losses to UCLA and 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 to and to uh, Florida. I think USC is better. I think USC is the better team. And whenever a, a, a good team gets points, even if it's on the road, I go with the I go with the team that's that uh, the better team. I think is going to win. I'm like her. I, who's going to win the game? I think USC win the game. It might be a field goal, but I think they can win the game. All right, two quick SEC picks to round out this segment. Mississippi State is giving four over Kentucky. If Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback, isn't ready to go, Mississippi State is absolutely going to roll. They they have their quarterback Will Rogers is completing seventy two percent of his passes, twenty two touchdowns, three interceptions. Ole Miss, a hot team, giving fourteen and a half against Auburn. Second straight road game for Auburn, who look they look boo. Awful, as my friend used to say, I like Ole Miss and the points. Okay, guys, I'm going to hit you with one last thing, and we're going to get out of here. All right, as you look ahead to the third Saturday in October, what's the biggest question you want to see answered? Mark Blashen, what question do you want to see answered more than anything this Saturday? Uh, I want to see I want to see Alabama does take care of its business because this is a true – I think this is a danger game on all uh, fronts, even if Bryce Young was, was healthy. I think that's what I want to see. If Alabama can be Alabama or if they are, like you said, vulnerable. Herb, what question do you have wanting to get answered this weekend? Well, you know, we talked a little bit about it, Penn State at, at Michigan. I want to see if Michigan is really ready to play with the big boys. This is their, their, their toughest matchup so far. Uh, you know, they need to handle this one because I think Penn State's a pretty solid team. And, and very road tested, you know, even though Auburn's down, that's, that's not an easy place to play. And, you know, Penn State is a very, you know, that'll be a good test for Michigan. I want to see if J.J. McCarthy's ready to do that. And if Michigan's ready to really step up and assert itself and maybe be a, a, a one of the college playoff teams. All right, guys, here's a st- keep in mind this weekend as you're watching Alabama and Tennessee. When Nick Saban arrived at Alabama in, 20, in 2007, Tennessee had won 10 of the last 13 meetings against Alabama. Since Nick Saban has been there, Alabama is 15 and 0 against the mighty Tennessee Vols. So keep that in mind. All right, guys, thanks a lot. Look, before we go, we want to again thank our sponsor, Appa Games. You can find them at appagames.com. Please remember our website, TMG College Sports. You'll get it at si.com slash college slash TMG. Mark Blauschen's Newsmaker of the Week can be found there right now. Uh, and our team picks always come on Friday. I understand that Tom Lucci is going to file his picks on Friday, so we look forward to that. Thanks to our technical staff, David Amaral. Sheila Dufresne and Maria Barnhart, you are the guys that keep this ship sailing. Have a great third football Saturday in October, my friends. For Mark Blousen and Herb Gould, this is Tony Barnhart. Take care out there, be safe, and carry on.